Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. We're in. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Degenerates Clubhouse. I stepped all over Armando's interview. You want to do it better? You got it, no, buddy. Go, I just, go I for just it. said hello. I was just going to say hello, de- Degenerates. Welcome to... Uh, episode 28. Eight. Oh, shit. Eight, yeah. That's all I was going to say. Got it. So that was a super smooth intro. That's how we do it. <laughs> we're highly professional. We, <laughs> we're we basically broadcast professionals, I think, probably once we hit about episode 36, 37, all the major news organizations are going to be beating our doors down. They're like, hey, we've got this anchor opening. Could you step in? And we're like, no, we've got the podcast and the degenerates. This is more important work, we feel. So we're going to stick with that. And on not that note, uh, as you're well aware, I've definitely been trying to increase the, the ranks of our listeners and our social media filing. Uh, and I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's difficult, but I've built multiple social media accounts in the past. Uh, way back when, I was, I was a top 50 most subscribed YouTuber. And... More recently, I built an Instagram account with uh, mostly a following of mixed martial arts fans. And the way I did that initially was I followed a lot of accounts. And then if they didn't follow back, I unfollowed. And I was pretty indiscriminate when I did that. And it did lead to gaining a following very quickly. But it, it led to a following of super toxic like UFC fans who just wanted to shit all over everything and were derogatory and everything. I'm like, well, I, I have a following, but is this, is this really what, what I want? Yeah. And when we're doing the podcast, I was like, we definitely don't want that what? for sure. And we're talking about our personal lives and things like that. We don't want a bunch of assholes. Eh, it's going to happen. I don't think, I mean, we can't, we can't ask for a perfect follower. We followership. We could just, Hope for the best. I think no matter which way we go, we're still gonna get people talking shit. I just gonna, we just gotta be able to let that kind of shit talking roll off of our, you know, roll off of our backs. But, but to me, it's are they gonna be talking shit with love or talking shit just destructively? Uh, and and I, I would say by by very nature of the title of this podcast and our content, uh, where the person following us would not be perfect. We want someone. Who might be a little screwed up, maybe a little antisocial, uh, a, a little bit needy, wants some some attention and, and uh, good good vibes from uh, fellow degenerates. So I, I'm not looking for a perfect perfect follower. I'm looking for the right follower. So this so this is how I've been going about it. Instead of just randomly following a bunch of stupid social media accounts and just hoping that someone follows back, I have been going to other accounts that I think fit our profile. And then I've been seeing not only their followers, but also the people who actively engage with them in in comments and things like that. And going to those people's profiles, looking through their profiles saying, Oh, is this someone who I want to follow? Do they have good content? Like, are they kind of funny or or, are they, are they our demo? Are they the type of person that might get a kick out of what we do? And then if they are, I will both follow them and I'll try to leave something, that's at least a little bit entertaining, a funny comment, uh, a post, something specifically for them. So that is extremely time consuming, but it's also kind of fun. Um, 
And and I thought I I would share a, a few of the interactions that I had that were at least to me funny. Where I was like, okay, I don't know if this entertained anyone but me, but I got a kick out of this. Is that are you up for that one? Yeah, yeah, please. So <laughs> one one of the 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 first ones. This is someone from Instagram. They had a, a dad jokes post, and it said. I have a friend who's gotten into philosophy. He's become a real Kant because Kant is a philosopher. I'm like, that's, that is a really bad dad joke. <laughs> Let me see if I can just take that up a notch. Um, and my reply was, at least that's not as bad as my friend who became obsessed with incestual poetry. He won't stop talking about Emily Dickinson. You get it? Yes. Emily Dickinson. That's gross. I know, and that one I was like, I think I, I went a little bit too far with that. But you gotta, you gotta push the boundaries because that actually is a joke. There's some comedians who will just say offensive things for the sake of being offensive because they can't come up with actual jokes. But I did come up. There's, there's wordplay in there. It's a playoff of what he said. So I, I defend my comedic uh, license to not get canceled. It's a degenerate's clubhouse. Fuck off. I like it. I like it. In another post I had was replying to someone and they they had made their UFC picks and for UFC 257 and I'm trying to remember I I can't remember everyone they picked but they were picking uh Dan Hooker to win over Michael Chandler and did you did you see that fight? I did. I did. I saw the entire card. We, yeah, I went to anyway. Yeah, I saw the entire card. Good card. I don't I don't think this will spoil. Can you just Give a, a brief synopsis of what happened in the Michael Chandler Dan Hooker fight. Uh, Dan Hooker was kicking out uh, Chandler's leg out from earlier, uh, early on, which we thought was going to happen, and then kind of out of nowhere, Chandler uh, overhand right just drops. Like he's got him, he's got Hooker on against the fence and just drops him, just knocks him out. So my my first reply to this guy when I saw his picks and he, he was picking uh, Dan Hooker to win, I wrote solid picks. When it comes to Chandler in the UFC, I'm trying to get into the same mindset as the first girl I slept with. Uh, prepare to be underwhelmed. I'm like, that's not the funniest post. But, you know, I, again, I'm trying to engage. I'm trying to be a little yeah. self-deprecating. But then, <laughs> but then when I saw the result of the fight and how it turned out, I went back and I wrote, well, still some similarities between Chandler's performance and my first time. Both lasted around two minutes. There you go. And, and to be fair, I took a little bit of comedic license because I think, based on my internal clock, <laughs> I think that my first time was more like four minutes. I'm just saying. Wait. Just just for my okay, own. Okay, gotcha. I was like, wait, the fight didn't go four minutes. <laughs> nah, my, I think, that, and that's maybe better for me, but not so good for, for Dan yeah. Hooker. Like, if, if your UFC fight lasts shorter than my first time sleeping with a girl, that's probably not good for you. Um, this was one of my favorite interactions because again, I was, I was trying to find, you know, people who are following content creators, comedians, whatever that I felt like fit our demographic. And I was like, where, where is it? Who's the perfect comedian where I can find like, like-minded followers. Right. And I was like, Mark Normand, he's perfect. Cause he's, he's not quite as polished. You know, he's not like a, a top tier comedian. He's getting there. He's working his way up. Uh, he's definitely a little antisocial, Really, really awkward. <laughs> like, and he's got kind of what's that a little bit of a needy vibe. And I'm like, yes, those are my people. That's that is who we're looking for. 
Um, so I, I really love interacting with Mark Norman followers because a lot of them are really funny and they'll engage. And this was a back and forth that I had. Uh, Mark Norman had a tweet where he said, more people cry on The Bachelor than in Night Stalker. And Night Stalker is a Netflix documentary about a serial killer. And this, this follow of Mark Norman's named Bryce wrote, that's because the bachelors are also serial killers. To which I replied, true. I think most homicidal married men only focus on killing one person. And then Bryce replied, themselves? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's actually, I mean, yeah, we're playing into this whole married men are miserable sort of trope. But I'm like, whatever. This was this is like an organic joke that we wrote collaboratively on Twitter. Did something on Twitter happened that wasn't two people yelling at each other. This is amazing. So I wrote back to Bryce. That's great. Let's put this all together. So then the, the finished tweet for me was all serial killers are bachelors. That's because most homicidal married men only focus on killing one person themselves. I'm like we, we made a joke on Twitter. That's awesome. Yeah. And again, is that the, a top tier joke? No. Is that a joke that I could see Mark Norman realistically telling on stage? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I like it. Sorry, no shade to Mark Norman. You're you're gonna be great, kid. You got it. Keep it up. Hey, but if he steals that joke, dude, and we're we're on we're we're on the air. This is gonna have a timestamp and everything. So if it comes out like, you know, three six months from now, and that dude uses that bit, I'm totally gonna put it on blast. I'm sorry. I mean, not that I'm gonna take credit for it, but I'm gonna make sure you get the credit for it, right? Mark Norman, you can tell that joke. You just have to pay us five cents in royalties every time you tell it. Five cents? That's too little, dude. How about like? 50 bucks. Uh, I think you're vastly overestimating where Mark Norman is in his career. Uh, well, okay. Maybe five bucks? Okay. Seven cents. Final offer. All right. It's Armando, it's not that good of a joke. Yeah, but if he uses it. <laughs> if it was like a legitimate like top shelf joke where he could open every act on that and get the crowd on his side, okay, maybe okay, five bucks. How about that this? Joke, how about, how about uh, we clear it? If, it? if he ever gets like a Netflix special and he uses that joke... Then he can pay you 50 bucks. Okay. I'm all about getting that Netflix money. Got it. We're, we're going to have to get enter into some very intense uh, contract negotiations with, with Mark over what ultimately is a pretty shitty joke, but that's okay. I think it worked. Um, I thought I liked it, and, and you're right. It does fit the kind of the um, – not that we're opposed to having all – all uh, all haters and all lovers of the podcast alike, but if if we do get our demographic – a certain type of demographic, and they like that joke. It kind of fits our demographic. I've, I've got a few more. Th this one will not translate especially well uh, to uh, a, a audio podcast, but I, I really enjoyed this. And this was probably the hardest I worked uh, <laughs> for a reply to also not get a follower, but whatever. That, that's what I'm really enjoying. To me, I'm just having fun actually crafting these replies and tweets. So... Sometimes you have to worry about the process and not worry about the outcome. Like if you have, if I have fun doing it, even if it doesn't result in getting a follower, like whatever, that's great. And this, I switched from, from Mark Norman. I was like, I really like Dimitri Martin. I wonder if Dimitri Martin would have followers that would also like to follow us. Uh, the answer, no, probably not. But Dimitri posted a clip from, I believe it was his special, If I, where he was talking about how when he meets somebody, he will mentally rearrange the the letters in their name uh, to, to create like a new word or sentence. And I'll, you know what? I'll send you a clip of that if I can. Maybe you can clip it in. 
but th- this this guy uh, Brad Snackchat. I don't think that's his last name, his real last name, but. He 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 replied to Dimitri because Dimitri posts this clip with the caption "Can anyone relate?" and then Brad writes "Can anyone relate?" and then he rearranges the letters and "Can anyone relate?" into a entrance alone and then he did it again to canary teen alone and then he did it again to relate annoyance and I was like that's okay that's all right I replied to him I liked it Brad. Even if the dragon didn't, and then I actually drew a little picture of his of uh, saying "good one, Brad!" exclamation point, and rearranged all the letters to "dragon booed," and then there's a little picture of a dragon booing. I'm like, I spent the time to draw a <laughs> a, a, a shittily drawn, but draw a dragon with a little word bubble saying "boo." I ah, thought that was so funny. It requires some visual to get the full scope of the uh, of the comedy behind it. It it definitely works better if you gotcha, can see gotcha, it for sure. Sorry. And that's why you have to follow me on Twitter. We've got we're we're in big time now. We've got thirteen Twitter followers. You know so what? I don't even know. If, it's I like basically if I'm following our Twitter thing. I gotta find that and, and follow us. Maybe I have. Good good lord. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> that, that's how you know I'm I'm probably uh, not turning all the stones over if if my co-host <laughs> on the podcast does. Yeah, not but that's my also my fault for not really. See, I'm not a very active Twitter user. Uh, I, I I've it's I have an account. I. I don't think I ever use it, uh, so that's my. Fault. I've I've never used Twitter up until just now. Okay. Um, oh, okay. But I also want to encourage you to send me things. If you want me to post things on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you're like, oh, this would be a good post. Just send it to me because I actually got an Instagram uh, direct message from a David Renata. Oh, sorry, David Ratano. Oh yeah, do you, that's do you my know cousin. Who that is? That's my cousin David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he wrote, who's running this, Aaron or Armando? And I just wrote back with a laughing face, you know it's Aaron, trying to get Armando to send some more input on what I post. Okay, (laughs) yeah. That's a cousin of mine. Yeah, because I, yeah. And on on that note, just with the last post, I did take the time to to rearrange your name. My my name? Um, Or David's name? Yeah. No, your name. So I had two. I think you'd like the second one better. Armando Ramirez can become randomized Maria. (laughs) Okay. Or this is the one where I was like, because this actually almost sounds like a, a, a superhero, like sort of like a steampunk superhero. Armando Ramirez can become Armored Airman Z. Armored Airman Z? Yeah. So it's like Z, like, like that's his name. He's Z and he's an armored oh, okay. airman. I don't know. I like both of them. Did you know that Ar- Armando in Spanish is actually a, a, a verb? It's like it, uh, Armando means like. Like I'm getting, uh, it's kind of like I'm getting armored up. I'm getting geared up. Like me estoy armando means like I'm getting geared up. Like to, like I'm getting prepared for war. Or I'm getting prepared to. Yeah. I did not know that. So maybe Armored Airman Z is the yeah. perfect reorganization. Yeah. I'm gonna, I might have to, to hop back on the Duolingo <laughs> train because as I'm taking bids uh, to help, you know, hopefully build a new house, I'm realizing, wow, this would be a lot better if uh, I spoke Spanish and could hire some all Spanish-speaking crews because I might be able to get the price for the build cost I, down uh, substantially if I, I could do that. I will offer my services via uh, Zoom or FaceTime or some shit to help you translate if it helps you get some good jobs. Got it. I'll be your anger translator for job yeah, interviews. There you go. You're going to be my Spanish Perfect. translator for 
hopefully you know how to read construction documents and then we'll be perfect. Yeah, I can wing um, it. And then I've got one more, one more tweet. This isn't the funniest one, but I, I again, I enjoyed it. This, this was uh, someone tweeted. It has only taken me until now to realize that as well as sounding like a retro television sip, uh, sitcom title, WandaVision is just the two characters' names combined. I am very clever. Yeah. It's like, yup, that, that is what that is. And I wrote, okay, my friend, comma, sit down. Newscast is just news plus broadcast. Pokemon is pocket plus monsters. Smog is smoke plus fog. And Ebonics is ebony plus phonics, which those are all called portmanteau words, which really should be whoosh, word plus smush. <laughs> and that all, that all tra- uh, transitions into, I remember when I, I think both of us were still living in the same house in college. And there was a long-running tradition uh, of these morning kegs where people would get up early in the fucking morning and there would be a keg and they'd just drink. And I remember two, two girls standing outside my bedroom window as I was trying to sleep, having a conversation. They were like, well, you know those words where it's like two words that get combined and it's like half of one word and half the other? And they're like, what are those called? Blah, blah, blah. And I just I finally made the decision midway through this conversation that I was never going to get back to sleep. And I just got, got up out of bed, walk out, and I'm like, well, all right. You're, what you're talking about is called a portmanteau word. Portmanteau, it's actually French for a suitcase. So the idea, it's like when you have the two halves of the suitcase and you close it together to make the whole suitcase, that's where that word comes from, portmanteau. And they're like, oh, that's like really random trivia. Where did you come from? I'm like, yeah, that's my my bedroom right there. I was trying to sleep. They're like, oh, sorry. And I was like, well, if you were hotter, I would be. you could be less sorry, but... I'm going to go back to sleep now. Portmanteau. Word of the day. Brought to you by Aaron Jaffe. And the more you know. Thank you. We can we can move on from this, but I, I don't think I could ever fully explain to our roommates. I don't know if I was able to explain to you why I value sleep so much. Um, it's like I'm a much, much dumber person if I haven't gotten less than eight hours of sleep. Like optimally... If I can get 10 hours of sleep, just I fall asleep, I wake up 10 hours later, I'm at full power. If I only get six hours of sleep, I'm significantly dumber. And some days, especially now where I'm having tons of trouble sleeping, if I can only get five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, I am basically like a functioning moron at that point. And, and particularly in college, I was also way, way more likely to get injured and actually seriously hurt myself if I didn't get enough sleep. So I, I've someone, I'm someone who's always needed a bunch, and uh, I can tell just listening back to uh, a lot of the old podcasts on episodes where I'm like, oh, I know I didn't get a lot of sleep that week for you know whatever was going on. I suddenly I've, there's so much more verbal filler. I'm not uh, uh, I'm repeating words. I'm putting lots of likes and you knows in there, and I'm like, man, if I could just get that ten hours of sleep. Be, I'd be so that, much better that, on the that mic. Ex- but. That explains the entire state of Florida, if you ask me, because they're always up partying, doing cocaine. That was always the stigma that I heard once I started getting older and realized Florida is like a big shithole. was like all these people are going to clubs and partying and clubbing till 2, 3, 4 in the morning, only to do like a couple lines of cocaine and, and start their day all over again. So that uh, maybe, maybe the entire state of Florida just needs to go through uh, – 
some, uh, you know, uh, a moment of hibernation as a state to kind of. Well, so, so you're just talking about like the Miami Beach yeah, part of Florida. Well, that's what I, yeah. That is the issue. That's not all of Florida. There's also the part of Florida that's basically the deep south and they're doing meth, which is a similar but different problem. <laughs> okay, so then they should be rested up is what you're saying? Uh, I mean, I think I think step one for Florida is stop doing meth. And then step two might be get more sleep. Um, but on that note, Armando, with the fabulous <laughs> transition, what's going what's going on I in try, Florida? That's right. Come on, give me give me some credit, right? That was at least I just I literally <laughs> just gave you credit. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyway, uh, this week in Florida, man, our our uh, return of our segment that we tried once. Here we go, part two. Um, headline is sheriff report. Naked Florida man stole and crashed a police car. Uh, naked Florida man stole what news footage showed, showed to be a marked police vehicle and crashed it in a wooded area, officials said. Joshua Schranker, Shanker, 22, was arrested after Thursday's crash on charges including theft of a motor vehicle, aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, depriving an officer of means of communication or protection and resisting an officer without violence according to jackson wow. sheriff's office report a lot to swallow that's okay so that's makes a little bit more sense when i at first saw the headline i thought it was saying a naked florida man stole a police car that had crashed previously which to me is a lot funnier i envisioned the police were on a high-speed chase after like a bank robber or whatever i mean you know maybe a played too much Grand Theft Auto, but they're on this this chase. They crash. You know, they're out of the car. They're like, great, uh, this is terrible. Let's, like, radio this in. And while they're doing that, this naked guy <laughs> jumps in their car and drives off. That's still pretty funny. So he stole it and yeah. then crashed it. Th- this, this report came out on Friday, January 22nd, so, you know, whatever, three, four days ago. Um, my first thought when I read the the headline was, like, Holy shit! This is like real life. Like it's like combining several elements of uh, of uh, the Hangover movie, because you know in the Hangover mm-hmm. how they all got fucking blackout drunk and then they stole the, the cop car and they ended up getting you know going to the police station and having to get tased and everything. So that was like one part that they stole the movie from. The other part was it's like a naked guy coming out of a car and I thought that that neat that scene with uh, Ken Jeong coming out of the trunk. I'm like, dude, this guy just basically reenacted two separate separate scenes from uh, from the Hangover movies and just said, fuck it, I'm going to put them in at once. I wonder what the thought process was. So he, he's naked. We don't know why. Um, he was running alongside the interstate uh, outside of Jacksonville. And how did he how did he manage to steal this police car? They must have been uh, at a traffic stop or something. Well, let's see. The, the officers responded to reports of a naked man running along Interstate 10 in western Jacksonville shortly before noon Thursday. Shanker was lying in the roadway when an officer stopped on the opposite side of the road. The route, the report said. Shanker then ran across the highway lanes towards the officers, officials said. The redacted report, redacted, bold, you know, just uh, mayday, mayday, big word there. The redacted report, didn't say how Shanker stole the vehicle. Authorities confirmed only that the vehicle belonging to the city of Jacksonville was stole, stolen. First Coast News footage of the scene showed the crashed vehicle to be a marked patrol car. Yeah, how the hell? How the hell? Oh my! The, 
this this had to be like a Benny Hill-esque scenario, right? So they were on a call responding to him. They, they go out. He's lying in the road. He he somehow tricks them into chasing him. They're, they're chasing him around the highway. Maybe he jumps over a barrier. They jump over a barrier. He jumps back over the barrier. They've left the keys in the car. He hops in the car and jets. That makes sense to me. I mean, like you wouldn't... There's no other way. Again, just like in Hangover, I'm sure the the people, like I'm sure the the uh, the deputies or whatever that were responsible for that car were not like they had to have felt ashamed of it. Like holy shit, our car was stolen by a fucking naked 22 year old kid. Like that's not something that they brag about. You also know both both of those deputies were at least 30 pounds overweight. Those were the the donuts oh, yeah. in the morning, afternoon, and after shift cops. Yeah, yeah. They probably just gave up. You know, they they may have put on a little bit of a chase, and they probably just gave up. They're like, "Well, we'll just let this naked guy get tired, then we'll get him, then we'll get him." I can picture this vividly: these two overweight cops trying to chase her, <laughs> this naked man around the highway. Hopefully, the dash cam footage of this comes out, and someone can. Uh, superimpose the like the circus music you know like the just as they're they're chasing him around and he jumps in the car because this was some circus level shit right here amazing yeah i want to know i want to know if this kid like if he knew what he was doing or like if he was hopped up on he's he had to have been hopped up on some shit right like there's no way like there's no way someone's got the balls enough uh <laughs> balls. There's no way that somebody has the balls enough to just fucking hop into a car like when they're sober. They gotta be on on something, you know. I feel like this one was not meth. That's a rarity when there <laughs> when there's something like this in Florida. It's usually either alcohol or meth. Uh, I feel like this was a, a hallucinogen of some sort because maybe alcohol, but like rarely is someone like, you know what? I'm going to take off all my clothes and then lie down in the highway. That That's just a special kind of fucked up. Like he had to be seeing some other things going on in his mind. Maybe it wasn't even cops chasing him. There was like big green toad aliens chasing him around and he stole their spaceship. You're, you're a lot better at geography than me. What part of Florida is uh, Jacksonville? Is that like, is that more, would you say like, Eastern coast. So that's, so that's along the, uh, cause we actually, we, um, when I was a college coach, we, I had friends who, who coached at Jacksonville university and we stayed in that area. So that's the, the kind of Northeastern ish part of the state. So you're along the Atlantic ocean. So that is that then, is that more or less hillbilly or more or less like, that's not Miami. That's not like, you know, club going, partying till whatever kind of thing. That's more like, what would you say that demographic is in, in Jacksonville? You know what? I, I, haven't, I haven't spent a lot of time actually in Jacksonville proper. It's not, it's not hillbilly. So the area we were staying in was called Ponte Vida, Ponte Vidra beach. Um, and it was actually really nice. I mean, it was a nice beach community. Um, J- Jacksonville's a city. I mean, it's, it's a, a coastal city and it wasn't hillbilly-ish at all, but I don't think there were the, the huge clubs or anything like that. Yeah, I just I just wanted to get a vibe for like what kind of people are around there that you know this kind of shit happens. I know the Jaguars are from there. That is correct. But yeah, I mean so it's the very northeastern part of the state along the Atlantic Ocean. So again, I was with a college team, so <laughs> it wasn't like, all right, all right, college players, uh what should we do for an activity tonight? Should we uh, do a team building activity. Should we watch a movie or should we hit up the clubs and do cocaine? Mm. 
I'm really glad we didn't present that as an option because I feel at least five or six of our players would have been all about it. No, no. Let, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was uh, that was this week in Florida, man. Florida, keep up the good work. Can I just say, and I know I know we talked about this before we started recording earlier today, but like when I'm looking up for like like news on Florida, like Florida man articles, like a lot of them were pretty down. Like a lot of them were were kind of bummers. So I didn't want <laughs> like a lot of them were people like this guy, you know, shot and killed ten people, or it was it's like a lot of stuff where it's like ah that doesn't make for good content. That's just fucking bad shit happening in Florida. Um, so it was kind of hard to find something that was relatively funny. The one where I'll have to see if I can find it. The one that, that I found earlier and then I forgot about it was I can't remember the exact headline. The gist was that a, a woman, while uh, giving roadhead, she was she was doing uh, providing fellatio to a gentleman while he was driving down the highway simultaneously pulled a gun on him and tried to steal his car. So she's given this dude a BJ while they're speeding down the highway, pulls a gun and attempts to commit Florida grand theft auto. And I was like, wow, that's very ambitious and probably not the best thought out plan. Yeah. My first thought was, well, how do you know the chicken came before the, how do you know she wasn't like, how do you know she didn't pull the gun on him, try to steal his car. And then he's like, you know what? Let me give you head. Like would that may have <laughs> would that story have been fu- funnier if that's the sequence of which happened? Would that make it okay? Like like someone's trying to carjack you and they're like, wait, before I go, let me suck your dick. Like would that <laughs> would that make it okay? Would you be would you forgive that person? Well, well have you ever? Well, you, yeah, for sure. Have you ever seen the movies where like they will jump in the the passenger seat and they have a gun on the driver and they're like, drive right now. What if she did that and they, and she's like, drive right now and the guy's like, no, I won't do it. She's like, we gotta go drive and he's like, it's like no, I won't. She's like. Okay, if I suck your dick, will you drive? He's yeah, like, okay. you kind of, you kind of like, you know, you kind of forgive it a little bit. I mean, you still want to keep your car, and it kind of sucks you got a gun pointed at you. But hey, if I'm gonna get head, maybe I will try to dig that story up for a later date. But let's move on to Ask Reddit. Yeah, wh- why not Ask Reddit? I've got a couple questions lined up that I stole from Reddit earlier in the week. And wait, hold hold on. I'm sorry. Here, cut this part out. I okay. Just go to the bathroom. Cutting this part out. Gonna right. wait till Aaron comes back. I'll be right back. That's that's the one problem with um. I'm just yeah, yeah. Phone. It, when I don't have the wireless headphones. Yeah, yeah. You got to take the phone with you as opposed to the Bluetooth headphones. I'll tell you what I did before the. Might might as well since this part may or may not be cut out. But okay, just 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 mute your PP. How about that? So I don't hear it on my headphones. It'll distract me. Yeah, I will do that. But I, I want to tell you a little anecdote as to what happened before I started recording this podcast. So I'm like I'm like in the Costco parking lot. I'm like it's like 11:30, 11:40. Like all right, I'm going to start rec- getting, you know, set up in my car for the the podcast we're going to record. And I felt my gut kind of gurgle gurgle. I go, "Okay, I may or may not have to take a shit." And I don't want to have to stop recording during the middle of the podcast so I can go into the Costco and then take a dump. So I went into the Costco before before we started recording this. And may I just say that the Costco in, uh, what is this, La Habra? I think it's La Habra. Thank you, janitors that work the Costco in La Habra. Because you guys, you guys not only keep the restrooms clean, 
but you guys use like two ply like it was it was a great shit I took before the podcast I I am very very pleased um when I had a job um part of the uh <laughs> I kept the running like notepad on my on my iPhone of um different restrooms because as a sales rep you're like on the road I'd say easily 75% of the time you're you're on the road you're going from one appointment to the other next appointment or from one customer to another customer and uh you know you're out you're out there and you're you kind of just you eat what you can eat when you're out there you kind of pee or poop whenever you have to so you have to kind of almost keep a mental note of where are the clean restrooms are and um I still have that notepad saved but uh I, I've taken dumps at a lot of random roadside, whatever, you know, rest, restaurants or um, uh, gas stations, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I do still have that notepad on my phone with like, even so much as like, because some of the restrooms have like those security, like little doors, like you have to know the code to get into the restroom. And they do that for like, uh, I guess they do that for graffiti prevention or like, so that guys don't just go in there and, you know, or they do that to like make sure that it's a customer of theirs, right? Like if you're at a fast food place, like we only want our our uh, our customers to use use our our facilities, so they have those like like lock pad keypad things over their doorknobs without actually like you don't want a homeless guy to go and take a shit in your bathroom, right? That's fine. He's, I'd rather him do it on my bathroom than on the side of the building. Well, you, you know, if you're a if you're a franchise owner or a restaurant or whatever, you, you want them to go somewhere else, period. You don't want them to go on your walls or anything. You just want them to go. Yeah, so anyway, um, yeah, I had to make use of the Costco facilities before we started recording. And, and thank you. Thank you, Costco, for um, keeping the bathrooms clean and, and using two-ply because a lot of these motherfucking places will use just like a one-ply like horrible horrible tp you wipe yourself and you're like ugh i feel dirtier than i started taking a dump and anyway i i kudos to this restroom the problem i run into is i start every podcast drinking the herba mate tea and that stuff is just a signal to my bowels of like okay let's go let's speed up production so you know th- 30 to 60 minutes after drinking it i have yeah. to take a piss or or possibly should too anyhow let's cut all this out and no get back i'm gonna to leave some of it in there i'm gonna i'm gonna get i'm gonna get creative with some of the editing and leave some of that stuff because it is tmi cut it no 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 it's out. tmi but it also reflects on how we are degenerates talking about taking shits uh first reddit question for you aaron what's your favorite movie that does not have a happy ending Good question. Do you have an answer? Because I yeah. didn't see these ahead of yeah. time well, this yeah, week. You're right. I should have probably we we should have probably did what we did last week. Anyway, my my bad. I forgot. Anyway, um, one of my all time favorite movies that does not have a happy ending is. Uh, do you remember the movie Stand by Me? I do. Um, one of my favorite movies because it it just for me it uh, it reminds us of the I guess the lost innocence of youth. Um. It it didn't and if you remember correctly it didn't have a happy ending because they uh, it's being um, it's being narrated by uh, I forget the actor's name I forget the actor anyway it's being narrated it's it's being okay. being I can tell you it is being narrated by uh, Lieutenant Wesley Crusher 
AKA yeah, Will yeah, Wheaton. but the actor that plays him as an older guy. Oh, oh, is, is that was it? Was it Daniel Stern or is that somebody else? No, it's now I'm not completely Daniel forgetting. Stern. I forget the actor's name. Good actor, but I should probably look it up. Anyway, my bad. You said narrated, no, not played by. No, it is being played by. The main character is Will Wheaton. Yeah, no, no. I, I we're, we're just getting crossed up. I, I understand. But um, continue on. You know, when the movie ends, he basically is like re, re, he's retelling this entire story of his youth, and that's what what uh, most of the plot is entailing. It's like for for like high school buddies then they go into high school and he basically tells at the end of it how you know i'll never have friends like the friends i used to have when i was like 14 or something like that and uh i guess the gist of it is like every you know when you get to a certain age some friendships don't outlast the test of time like everyone everyone grows up everyone goes their own separate ways and in the case of his best friend uh uh chris Chris Chamberlain, Chris Chambers, Chris Chambers, his best friend, Chris, Chris Chambers, you know, was always kind of, he was the kid that, he was the kid that came up from like kind of a rough family upbringing, but at the same time, because he came up from a rough upbringing, he kind of was always trying to be the peaceful, you know, he always tried to come up with peaceful resolutions and stuff, and um, so he, he tells a story how, you know, me and my buddies, we all grew up. We all went our separate ways. Chris Chambers went on to be an attorney, and he ends up getting, like, stabbed by, uh, you know, trying to <clears throat> trying to put a resolution between, like, a beef at, like, some cafe diner or something. Like, two guys were arguing. Chris Chambers tries to go in kind of in the middle of it and, and call for peace, but he ends up getting stabbed and dies. You know, that's kind of the, the downer part of the, of the story. It's kind of one of those um, those those stories that doesn't have a happy ending, but it's a bittersweet ending, I guess. Yeah, well, and particularly because the the actor that played uh, Chris Chambers was uh, River Phoenix. He yeah. was, I think, the younger yeah, yeah. brother of, of Jokin Phoenix, and he was incredibly talented. And he also yeah. died young in real life. Um, I, th- I think it was back in like nineteen early nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety three, maybe. Yeah, that whole cast was incredibly, incredibly talented. When you look back at who's who's in that movie, I was just trying to figure out who the narrator was, and I was like, God damn. It was if you look I'll just give you a quick run through. Everyone in this one movie. River Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Corey Feldman, who yeah, might have gone a little bit nuts, but like back in the day, especially as a child actor, incredibly talented. Jerry O'Connell, Keith Sutherland, Richard Dreyfus, John Cusack, uh, just to name a few. Yeah. I mean that that's just an incredible. Uh, yeah, that list was the actor of, of I was trying to think of earlier. It was Richard Dreyfus. He he plays Will Wheaton as an adult, and then, uh, yeah, you get a glimpse of him like in the first opening, like two three minutes of the movie, and then you get more of it like at the end of the movie where he's like reading the headline of a newspaper where he sees his childhood buddy uh, Chris Chambers stabbed uh, at a at a bar or at a restaurant or some diner or something. If you haven't seen Stand By Me, we both definitely recommend it. That's a, a older movie that I think still holds up very well. I, I do have a movie that was one of my favorites as a teenager and did not have a happy ending whatsoever. Uh, that, was, that was a little film called Donnie Darko, ah, if you've seen it. like it. Love it. I don't know. Do you think I, I give spoiler alerts? That's one where it's kind of hard to explain why it had a sad ending. So let, let me let me preface it like this. I'll, I'll give the gist. It is about... A, a teenager who is a little bit of an outsider. Uh, there, there's 
an event that happens and he's dealing with problems of psychosis and things relating to what happened. And it's, it is unclear exactly what is driving this throughout the movie. And the, the spoiler alert is what happens is there, there's a plane crash. The, the part of the jet engine is falling through the air and it actually goes through what's essentially a wormhole and it travels through time into the future and kills him. And he gets stuck in this sort of time loop where the thing that is killed, or sorry, it travels back in time. That's what it is. And the, so the thing that kills him hasn't actually happened yet. So he's, he's in this weird time between when he should have died and when the thing that actually does kill him happens where he's still alive and he's in this sort of like alternate reality. You don't really know what's going on. And he's trying to, to sort through what's happening and he's getting these strange hallucinations and you, they start, they make sense at the end of the movie if you can really work through why he's seeing them. But the movie ends where everything in that time period goes awfully wrong. People he cares about get hurt and, and dies. Basically you can see, and it's for, for, through very subtle acting that he comes to the realization, Oh, everything would be a lot better if I, if I just die yeah. and he, he, the movie ends with him in bed with this giant jet engine crushing him and the romantic lead who had been, who he'd gotten involved with through the whole thing, sitting outside of his house, talking to someone being like, what happened? They're like, Oh, some kid got tr- crushed by a jet engine. And she's like, Oh, I, and she doesn't know who he is because this whole lead up and the, the whole run of the movie never actually takes place in, in that reality. It was a, an interesting philosophical movie. It was a tremendous performance by Jake Gyllenhaal. And as a kid, I really related to Darnie Darko just as a character, which looking back, I'm like, hmm, this is like a deeply troubled, <laughs> intelligent, but antisocial person, you know, teenager dealing with hallucinations. Maybe I should have been worried that I related to this character so much, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Donnie Darko. Love the movie. It's one that, as a kid, I watched a whole bunch of times. And uh, shout out to West Coast Video. Ironically, that was a chain uh, before, I think, you know, Blockbuster and some of the bigger ones forced them out of business. But I grew up on the East Coast. We had West Coast Video because it was like, ooh, Hollywood fancy. And they had their little employee picks. And there was just this weird-ass cover of Donnie Darko. It had a, a like a distorted, crazy-looking rabbit on the front. And I can't remember who recommended that, but, you know, thank you to, to uh, nameless West Coast video employee because I had no idea what I was getting into. And I watched that. I'm like, holy shit, this movie's incredible. Am, so I also recommend Donnie Darko. Am I imagining this or was it Drew, Drew Barrymore that played like his, his teacher, like one of his teachers? No, I think that was it. It, was, it, was, it also had a very good cast. It was a young Jenna Malone. I think... It, Drew Barrymore might have been the teacher, and it was I. I think a, a young Jenna Malone was the love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Jenna Malone was the love interest. I was just trying to remember who the teacher was because I I do remember, like the teacher tells him like one of the most beautiful phrases in English or ever written is cellar door. Remember that part? Like the yes, ri- that was Drew yeah. Barrymore. Uh, other people appearing in that movie: Maggie Gyllenhaal. So both of the Gyllenhaals, they were playing brother and sister. Uh, which I'm sure was a stretch for them. <laughs> Patrick Patrick Swayze was in that movie, uh, not playing a, a typical role for him, but you know I think that's great that he, he added his talent. It was just again a very good cast, really good acting, 
And I did not realize that Seth Rogen was in that movie. I might have to go watch oh, it again. No. Um, I, I have no idea who the character he played was either, but apparently Seth Rogen was in this movie. So nuts. So some of the other responses on Reddit to, uh, to, to the movies that did not have a happy ending. The first one was Pan's Labyrinth. I don't remember much of that movie, but apparently it didn't end very well. I, I just, I'm having difficulty trying to remember what the hell Pan's Labyrinth was about. I know it was like visually, like a crazy visual movie. I know that. I just don't remember much of the plot. Okay. Um, another movie, uh, Seven. Yeah, mm. that one had some crazy shit at the end happening. I don't. Armando. What's in the box, Armando? Wasn't it like the, his wife's head? What's in the box? No, spoiler alert. Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. My bad. You can't, you can't just throw that out. Okay, I, w- I won't. I, even though I already did. Another answer is The Green Mile. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. John John Coffey. John Coffey. That was there. I mean, you have to get about 15 octave, uh, octaves deeper to do John Coffey. Uh, I guess that was a sad ending, sort of. Sort of, of kind of. I like how Mr. What was the mouse's name? Mr. Bojangles or Mr. Jangles or <laughs> I don't remember the mouse's name, but he had a little mouse that like outlived everybody in the movie. Uh, anyway, that was a good one. Can we just take a, a second to reflect on how prolific a writer Stephen King is? He just turned that thing out in like five days. He's like, I'm type 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 Green Mile done. Was that a Stephen King thing? I believe so. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I didn't forgot, but that's cool. That's awesome. I mean, he, he's he wrote a couple. I think he also did Shawshank Redemption. I think that was also Stephen King. Fucking dude, he's just a great fucking writer. Then. That's- so yeah, I, I can confirm. Uh, my my production assistant, aka my iPhone, uh, is confirming that the Green Mile was by Stephen King. And let's see, Shawshank Redemption. Good job, iPhone. You knew that's what I was typing. You're so smart. Also, story by Stephen King. So, guys, it's not just weird horror movies. He also just will randomly write incredible. Uh, inc- wow, I really took a tumble over the word incredible there. He will write excellent prison novels, too. Awesome. I don't know how the fuck he does that. Let's, uh, let's move on to ask Reddit question number two, if I can find it. I'm I'm not using Wi-Fi, so I had to do some crazy Microsoft Word cut and paste. Oh, here we go. Reddit question, or ask Reddit question number two. What's something you will miss once the pandemic is over? Yeah, so this is an easy one for me. I'm also really hoping that this doesn't change, like fingers crossed. I want those little dividers when you're waiting in line, you know, whether it's, it's a, a physical barrier or even just a line on the ground that says you must stand six feet behind someone. Um, it is always driven me nuts when people will get right up behind you in line separate from, from the pandemic, even when it's not cold and flu season, there's no major risk of catching a virus that might affect the, the rest of your life and hurt your loved ones. I just don't like people standing right behind me and it, fucking drives me crazy i i always will stand in line with uh, a hip to the cash register and a hip to the person behind me because there's some legitimate psychopaths out there and i don't always know who's behind me and i don't want someone to be like a foot away from me it makes me uncomfortable uh maybe that's some weird latent um phobia that i've got but like whatever 
stay six feet away. If you need a line on the ground to do that, awesome. So I will miss that if people, uh, after the pandemic, go back to smushing up in lines. There's no need for it. You people are terrible. I think, um, hold on, I'm, I'm moving my vehicle. I'm like literally driving as, as I'm talking right now. Uh, I think my answer is kind of similar in the sense that it has to do with the this, I guess you want to call it the space between people, but more so just kind of the the distance we keep from each other. I, I like, I like. I mean, not that we can go out to restaurants now, right? We can't because everything's fucking, at least in Southern California, everything is still shut down. Um, you can't go to a restaurant in public. It used to be they had certain places where they had like outdoor dining. Well, right now, as, as, as of today, um, you can't go out. Like none of these places are open to the public. But what I do like is that because of the kind of lockdown, pandemic shutdown um, orders, like there seems to be not so many people out and about in public. Like, like a good amount of people res- are respecting the lockdown orders and are not going out unless unless like absolutely necessary. So it creates like less congestion, less, uh, I guess, density if you want to call it that. Like everywhere you go. Um, traffic feels to be a, a tad bit lighter. Like people are people are being better about like not just going out and about willy nilly. Um, not everybody. Like there are some people that um, like just don't give two fucks and are just going about their day. But you know, for the most part, a lot of people are still. You know, I'm only gonna go out when I need to. Uh, well, absolutely necessary, and it creates for kind of just more enjoyable, pleasant experience when I do have to go out. I don't feel half as stressed you know like when i have to go out and about i feel like okay it's you know little little more of a pleasant drive i feel like i kind of take my time as i'm out and about and i'm not feeling like super rushed you know so here's another this is probably a very unpopular opinion uh i really don't mind wearing a mask for 10 15 minutes going into a supermarket or something uh, I would be completely fine if everyone just kept doing that through the cold, the cold and flu months, because um, that's one interesting byproduct of us trying to manage COVID. The the the, the flu cases are dramatically, dramatically down, like down to next to nothing, because the flu doesn't transmit nearly as easy as COVID. So if you just social distance a little bit and wear a mask then there's almost no cold and flu that gets passed yeah. around. So, so, I mean, I've, I've had the flu before and I, I usually don't get a flu vaccine. I'm like, whatever, if I get the flu, that's not going to fuck me up for five months. It's going to be a few shitty days, but I really, I don't really give a shit. Like wearing a mask isn't that bad to me. I know some people hate it and they're like, Oh, my freedoms, America, everything. Okay. That's fine. But to me, if everyone just kept doing that, I would have no problem. Um, I, I think I'm, I don't know. I think I'm 50, 50 on that. And, and I'll tell you why. Like, like if I have to wear it for five minutes at a go, I think I'm okay with it. But when I have to wear it for a little bit longer, like if I'm going to really take my time as I'm, as I'm grocery shopping, whatever, like I hate that my glasses fog up. I, I just, that, well, that, that means that your mask doesn't fit correctly yeah, and it's yeah. not really doing what it's supposed to yeah, do. Like, I know. So that's, there's actually a weird statistic and it makes sense that people who wear glasses were significantly less likely to catch COVID. Um, and there is a lot of initial hypotheses about like, well, maybe people who wear glasses are more educated and like, no, that really hasn't been true since like 1904. <laughs> I um, wish that were true. <laughs> 
and what what they figured out, they're like, oh, well, if <laughs> if you wear a mask incorrectly and you have glasses, then it completely fogs your glasses up. And the way you stop that is you have to really make sure the seal around your nose is tight so the air can't escape and then it won't fog, fog up your glasses. So really what it came down to is people who wore glasses are making sure that they have a good solid seal around their whole face. And it's just them wearing the mask better than people who aren't. Here's another reason why I feel kind of, I guess, mixed feelings about the mask wearing thing is like, and I'm talking about like, if I'm, if I'm anywhere out and about and you see a, you see a gal and she's rather attractive and Mm -hmm. she's nice to you, she's polite to you. You don't know if she's being nice, polite as in a flirtatious way or just kind of being nice and polite. Um, I'd kind of like to be able to see their face without the mask to see if they're really pretty so I could pursue that kind of, you know, whatever kind, nice gesture. Um, I want them to see my face and like, you know, it's kind of like, like it makes, it makes for picking up on girls kind of awkward because you don't know what they like look like underneath that mask like I like this hypothetical scenario uh, no, that you've constructed for yourself. No, I've seen Armando out in the grocery store just picking up women left no, and right. No, no, no. I'm not saying it happens a lot. I'm saying it happens here and there. There, there has been a couple of cases where, like, I see, like, okay, here's chauvinist perv Armando, okay, right? I'm going to say that. I'm going to start this off by saying that. But there's been a couple of cases where, like, I'm out and about, and there's a girl with, like, a, like, a, I'm going to say nice body. I'm not going to say, like, bang in. I'm going to say the— and then, and then you just, like, slide right up next to her, and you're like— Hey baby, I'd like to get inside of your hot pocket. <laughs> you fucking asshole. No, no, but I'm like, you know, she'll have a she'll have a a nice body or attractive or a pleasant body, but I'm like, like how do you, how do you know she's you know got like fangs or like <laughs> like I don't know what she looks like underneath that mask and that just sounds mean, but hey, I'm being honest here. You, you, you see her in the produce section, you're like, hey baby, see this banana? This is actual life size. No, I, no. Mm-mm, don't do that. Uh, right. That's my whole point. You're not actually picking women up in the grocery store. So it's probably not that big of a deal. You could also just talk to the woman and then pull your mask down. Because, again, this isn't a – I preface the whole thing with this is being an unpopular opinion. And it's more specific to me uh, because I'm never trying to pick up women in a grocery store. Maybe I should be. Maybe uh, – I, I will take a hard look at myself and be like, well, you're getting close to 40 now and you're still single and you're, you're not going out into clubs or, or joining rec sports teams anymore. You have to meet someone somewhere and you got to take your opportunities where you could get them. Maybe all that would be a good idea, but I haven't done that and I'm not trying to pick up women in the grocery store, so I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, for me, in my, in, in, in my case, and I'm talking about me um, – like, there's no way I'm going to find a girl. There's very little chance that I'm going to find a gal I'm interested in at a bar, club. Like, that's – if she's hanging out at a bar, club, whatever, like, like on a weekly basis, she's probably not going to be the type of gal I'm interested in. Like, she, like I don't know. She's got to be kind of like me in the sense that we, we find, I guess, more, more – uh, this is going to sound – too grandiose but a little more of an intellectual intellectual i say intellectual intellectual endeavors are probably more you know a girl that likes to read books a girl that's maybe more yeah. of a homebody like me you know you, you want like a nasa scientist oh yeah right no you know what if i ended up with a nasa scientist and she's like a bajillion times more 
uh, intelligent than I, like, that would be quite interesting for me. I don't know. <laughs> you, you want someone that's smart but not more smarter. I don't know that a girl that's more intelligent than me wants to be with a dumb doofus like me. Like, we've got to be compatible in that sense, if that makes if that makes sense. Um, anyway. It does. W- women are different. I feel like men typically want someone that is in, of equal intelligence to them. And some women, they're like, hmm, uh, okay, I'm trying to think. Should I put these people on blast? No, I'm not going to. There, there was a woman who worked at the, the high school uh, that I that I worked at right after college, and her her husband was on the same rugby team that I was playing for. It was like a men's club club rugby team, and they'd actually got me the job at the high school. She was instrumental, and she was attractive. She was really smart, and her husband. Uh, do you remember that character in The Water Boy? Yeah. Who comes up to I the knew, hospital window? I knew where you were going before and, you said anything. And he's just like, I'm not the smartest man. And it was basically this long, funny monologue about how uh, Bobby Boucher, The Water Boy, was an inspiration to him. It's like if you can picture that guy, but just athletic and a little bit better shape, like this was her husband. Uh, his, his name was Larry. And. I was like, how does this happen? I don't understand. And then I realized like, oh, it, it's for her, it's like having a pet. Yes, you know, yes. S- some people have are, have a cat. Some people are dog people. And she was a Larry person. Yeah. I, and and that worked for her uh, somehow, I, I, I assume. There, 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 um, is, there is certainly like there's, the, you know, there's that, uh, you know, the old rich guy with a super young, hot, bombshell like 20 something year old ditzy whatever and then they end up getting married there is that you know stereotype and then there is sorry ladies but there is that stereotype out there that stigma that there are certain segment of women that prefer their men to be dumb dumb as a box of rocks but maybe physically fit or something you know like they they're attractive they're they're nice to look at but they're fucking they're just a box of crayons um there, there are there are gals like that out there you know they're you know they want to be the dominate, the domineering one, at least the intellectually domineering one. But uh. the funniest moment of watching their whole relationship for me, anyways, was she was the the girls' field hockey coach, and apparently every year there was a faculty versus girls' field hockey team. Um, you know, where some of the younger faculty, both men and women, would come out and play against the girls' field hockey team, and her <laughs> she got Larry to come to this and like Larry comes like completely dressed he's warming up he's doing calisthenics on the sideline before the game like this this, this was Larry's Super Bowl like I'm gonna get to show <laughs> out <laughs> in front of the girls field hockey team and he was going a hundred percent full blast running up and down the field like uh and I'm just sitting like dude you, you know these are like 14, 15, 16-year-old girls, right? Like, can you just take a deep breath, Larry? It's going to be all right. He's like, no, we got to win. We got to Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. All right, buddy. I get it. You do you, Larry. I know there are people like that out there, for sure. Random thought, and this is just something that popped in my head last week. I don't remember what the context was. But you know how there are red flags? Uh, for, for me, this would be a green flag. If a, a, a girl, or I guess even a woman, was into cosplaying, is that a good red flag or that's a green flag? No, no, no. It's it's a green oh, flag. Okay. 
Okay, that's interesting. That would be the opposite of a red flag. Red, red flag, stop. Green flag, go. Um, for me, I don't know how I feel. I've never really put a whole lot of thought into that. Um, on the, I guess, just just uh, impulsively, my my reaction or my answer to that is, if a girl's into cosplay, she probably likes like too much attention, especially if she's one of those cosplayers that's like on Instagram all the time. You know what I mean, like. They, they cosplay every other day with a different costume. Like, they're kind of uh, attention needy. So, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I'm not, it's not a saying it's a bad thing. Um, I, I think for a lot of people in the cosplay community, they they do like nerdy shows and things like that, which I'm, I'm fine with. I, I'll watch those nerdy shows with them happily. And they're creative. And for them, that's just a creative outlet. Because um, I remember there's, there was a, a woman who I dated a couple years ago. And I remember it was like the first or second date. And she's like, oh, I'm such a creative person. And I said, oh, that's cool. W- what do you create? And then she seemed really confused. And I'm like, well, you know, like if you're creative, like what are the things that you create? Do you like to paint? Do you like music? Do you do decoration? And she didn't really have an answer. And I feel like a lot, a lot of people who like to label themselves as creative, don't actually have any sort of outlet and they just like the idea of being right. creative, but they don't they make like stuff. They like the title of saying I'm a creative, but they don't actually have anything to show for it. But for those girls who are into like the nerdy, nerdy shows or anime or movies or whatever, they actually do have a real creative outlet and it takes a lot of time and craft and they make these outfits and they transform themselves. And I'm like, that is cool. And this, this is the degenerate sort of, level of, of thinking that I, I got into on this. I'm like, I have heard uh, from a lot of people that an obstacle in longer term relationships is it gets stale. They're like, oh, I'm just sleeping with the same person over and over again. But <laughs> if you're if you're dating or even married to a cosplayer, you can, you can <laughs> sleep with a different person all the time. <laughs> and not just a different person. It could be... Um, uh, uh, a Marvel superheroine, or it could be some sort of Japanese comic book character, or all kinds of you know, you never know what's going to happen. Li- life is like a, a box of chocolates that sometimes you get to stick your dick into. You know what uh, flashed across my mind when you said this, whatever this last little bit you just said was, um, what was that movie, a scary movie where the where Sean Wayne's like to have his girlfriend dress up as a football player? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, no, Aaron, don't tell me. No, no, no. You don't want your significant other to dress up as a uh, teammate of yours. That's, oh, well. Whatever floats your boat. No, I mean, that would be that would be very far down the line. You know, we'd have to work <laughs> through a lot of characters in the in the uh, Marvel universe before, before we got to football player. Yeah, like if she liked to dress up as, um, as uh, – I don't know. I'm trying to think of a female character like Dark Phoenix, and uh, one day, but then she wanted to dress up as Wolverine the next. Would you be cool with that? Probably not Wolverine. <laughs> this is what pop, popped into my head when you're talking about football players, though. It, it, this would be a really, really conf- conflicted uh, Patriots fan w- would want their girl to dress up as Tom Brady because, like, they like love him, but they also want to have like uh, hate sex with him. <laughs> and because if you listen, if you listen to Patriots fans talk, there is a very strange and conflicted relationship that they have with Tom Brady right now. And I could see that in their deepest, darkest desires manifesting. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Have you seen those NF? Have you seen those memes where they take hey, like? Hey, hey, Tom Brady, I'll be your tight end. Oh no. H- have you seen those memes? I don't know if they're on Instagram or Facebook, but they're on some social media where they'll take, like, someone has taken NFL quarterbacks and then like. I don't know if it's Photoshop or what, but it's like a gender swap photo of like NFL quarterbacks. So it'll have like a female Tom Brady, but like it looks like a it looks like a girl. Like they do a really fucking awesome job of making them look like women. Have you seen those? No, and I don't think I want you, no, to. No, no, you got to because some of these guys. Um, <laughs> what's that thing? Hashtag no homo or whatever. Some of these quarterbacks look fucking hot as girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you know, you're a degenerate if you think some of these pro quarterbacks look hot as women. Let me tell you. Look at Patrick Mahomes as a girl. You're like, hey, hey, baby. That's all I gotta say. Okay. Well, I'm gonna save that for just a very dark and <laughs> lonely moment that I have late, late at night by myself. I wasn't like and, I was uh, looking for it. It just popped up on my feed on one of these things on one of the social media things. And then you looked at it for like six to nine minutes, and then you're like, okay, no, I'm no. done. I can move on from this. Ne- never went that far, but I did do a double take. I, I would just say that. Um, okay, and I- I'm going gonna- I'm to cut that off by – because you said hashtag no homo. Uh, anytime someone says hashtag no know, homo, you, yeah, you can just yeah, yeah. mentally replace that with hashtag I'm insecure about no, my no. sexuality. I've actually never used that. I just felt like using it now because you've actually – um, said that before and explained it to me before, but anyway, yeah. Um, what do you think, Erinsky? Do we have time for new on Netflix? We could try. We could do try to do a quick okay, one. Okay, cool. Just 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 a quickie. So so get in, get out. What's new on Netflix is a segment where we um, first of all I give off a fiction a fictional uh, TV show series etc. An idea for a show that could be new on Netflix, and then Aaron runs with it creatively. Um, so this week's uh, new on Netflix, Corona Zombies. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's just a real thing that's happening. <laughs> I don't really know to, how, to, how to go with that. Um, cor- corona Zombies? Corona Zombies. I, I mean, I, again, I feel like that's just like an actual documentary about super spreaders, you know, people who get corona and they're just running around giving it to other people. Like, that's not... That's a hard one to work with because I feel like it's too close to reality. Yeah, I, I was hoping you would run with it in in in. Uh... Do, do you want me to try? I mean, no, no, no. Here's where I was hoping you may possibly. Here's one way you you could have gone with it. Uh, okay. Was that like, like as opposed to just getting the coronavirus and then you get a vaccine, you're cool, whatever, you can't spread it. But you actually turned into a zombie instead of just getting corona and then dying from it. Like you would mm-hmm. you would die and then regenerate as a fucking zombie like that's how like that's how zombies actually happened and then you would just kind of go with it as like a a zombie genre movie and you do your creative thing and anyway i'm i got it but then that's just like an actual it doesn't really have the corona element then you it's just a zombie movie true okay the way the way (laughs) that you would have to turn this on your head because because you couldn't you couldn't have it be you get the coronavirus and then you turn into to a zombie because that's how most zombie movies and zombie franchises actually happen. It's that there's a virus, you get the virus, you turn into a zombie. Twenty eight days later, that's how they did it. Um, you know, some are different. Like uh, the the Last of Us, which is an incredible uh, zombie franchise on 
PlayStation, it's actually, there's like, uh, it's, it's fungal. It's like you get, there's spores that turn you into the zombie, but it's the same, same basic premise. If you're going to do Corona zombies and actually have it make sense where it's not exactly like every other thing, the way this would have to work is it's not the coronavirus that turns you into zombies. It would be the vaccine. There's some sort of crazy, unexpected long-term glitch. So it's like you get this vaccine and then six months later you turn into a zombie. So the the beginning of the movie, well, let me make this a movie. It starts where it's the coronavirus, you know, people are dying. There's hundreds of thousands of people. The vaccine comes, people, you know, people get the vaccine and it's like, great, we've been saved. We've been delivered from this nightmare that is the coronavirus. But then half a year later, everyone that got the vaccine starts turning into a zombie. And of course the only people left are the anti-vaxxers. <laughs> and so it's, so it's the anti-vaxxers, which are, uh, I feel like in the Venn diagram of anti-vaxxers and doomsday preppers, there's actually like a big center section that overlaps. So you have the, these most paranoid people with, you know, uh, bunkers and food storages and plentiful stocks of weapons and ammunition. Now, now they're just like, this is what we've been training for, anti-vaxxers slash doomsday preppers. This is the moment. We knew it all along. We were right. And the only problem is if you made this movie, the real anti-vaxxers would look at it and be like, see, this is what we were talking about. This is why we're not going to get the virus because their grip on fiction and reality, and I think, is tenuous at best. Um, particularly, particularly if, if there, there's like a, a tri Venn diagram where you had doomsday preppers, anti-vaxxers and flat earthers, there's, there's this little sweet spot right in the middle of all three. And those people, uh, their, their grasp on reality is, is very, very shaky. There's a, a fine spider web that it is just tying them to what's actually going on in the world. And those people, I swear to God, would see the movie and be like, yes, this is what we have to get ready for. The the corona zombies are coming. All these these zombies, these sheep that took the vaccine, they love they love calling people sheep. They're gonna get it. And now we're gonna be ready to destroy all of them with shotguns and homemade Molotov cocktails. And we're totally not gonna blow ourselves up with those by accident. And so I'm, I'm kind of envisioning a Shaun of the Dead-esque movie where it is a real zombie movie, but there's just completely paranoid and, and inept people in the protagonist roles uh, trying to fend off the zombie horde. But I would never want that movie to actually be made because the people in real life, I think, would take it too literally. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I, I do have some uh, real-life uh, shows, if you will, that I've I've seen. Okay. Um, uh, unless you have a real life show that you enjoyed that you can recommend. I do. Okay, go ahead. Your, I've got one. Your turn because usually I I, I give off uh, a show. This is I think hopefully going to become a running series, but there were basically three specials uh, called Middle Ditch and Schwartz. So that is Thomas Middle Ditch. You might know him from the show Silicon Valley. And Ben Schwartz, who I think is best known for playing Jean Ralphio on Parks and Recreation. I, I love that character, by the way. But yeah, I know who Ben Schwartz and Tom, Thomas Middleditch are. 
they're, they're both hilarious. And initially, I didn't watch it because I saw, I was like, oh, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch are doing something awesome. What is this? And it said it was improv comedy. And previously, my whole experience in improv comedy has been short-term improv. So, like, whose line is it anyways? Um, I remember when we were in college, they definitely overpaid this troupe called Comedy Sports to come in and give a show. I'm like, this is terrible. These are, like, really half-baked jokes, and you're just trying to hide behind uh, the fact that they come up on the spot. Suddenly, I feel I feel personally attacked by myself. As I'm saying this, I'm like, wait— I'm, I'm <laughs> our new on Netflix segment is being laid bare. Fuck, God damn it. But the the difference is is middle dish and Schwartz, it's long form improv. So kind of the same way. I they they I think their producers find someone in the audience that uh there's an interesting story and they'll they'll talk to them, they'll tell them a little bit about their life, and then they'll act out like this whole hour, almost hour long, like arching story, and they're playing all the characters and they're swapping back and forth. And the the first one was absolutely hilarious. It's it's a about a a wedding, uh, and they're playing every single character in this wedding. And there's this whole story arc, and I they're they're hilarious. It was a new take on improv that I I did not know how much I would enjoy. And it's just them too. It's it's like it, it, it just just the two of them playing every character, and which is which is really funny because sometimes. Just like when we're, you know, we're doing new on Netflix, I'll forget the name of the show or a detail you told me. And, but they're trying to remember the names of like 13 different characters and they'll have to stop and be like, fuck, what was my name again? Oh, okay. <laughs> and there, there, there's a whole, um, there's a whole segment where like Ben Schwartz was just trying to move on. He's like, whatever, we'll just, we'll just say the name is Paula. And he's like, no, no, no. I think this is important because if I can't remember what this, what this girl's name is, then I'm not going to know who my girlfriend is and this, that, and the other. And it was... Them just trying to remember a name was hilarious just because they're they're both very good at improvisation. Obviously way better than I am. Um you know, I'm I'm happy if I can string together a mildly entertaining new on Netflix. Uh we got a, a ways to go before we get a new on Netflix special actually on Netflix. So wait, hold on. And a, a couple questions. It, it is an yes. it is an actual show, but they've only released three episodes. Is that what you're saying? Well, so so They've done a bunch of shows. I think this is something that they were just doing live, and then they took the three best ones and then released them as, as hour-long specials. So there are three of them available. Okay, so I, I got to find them. Um, I got to find them. I do like Ben Shorts. Um, Thomas Middleditch, I've, I've seen him on, um, like you said, Silicon Valley. I don't know much of his other work, so I don't know how how good he is, but I'm going to have to give it a, I'm gonna have to give it a, a, a chance. I'm going to have to look at this. The- they're both excellent in it. I mean, I, I knew about both of them from way back in the college humor days. They were uh, regulars on the Jake and Amir series, if uh, if any of you guys remember that. So they've been on my radar for a while, and seeing them, I, I knew they were friends, but seeing them together doing this, I mean, they, they have such a great uh, rapport between them, and it is really funny. The show I watched was... Uh, I think they've. I don't know if it's a one and done series. I don't know if, if it's been given a green light for a second series. I don't know it got much um, positive reviews. Uh, is the show Space Force? Um, uh. I, yeah. So exa- exactly. That's that's how uh. that's how I went into it. Was like kind of like I don't. I I didn't hear any good stuff from it, so I don't have very good expectations of it. Um, I watched it and I actually did enjoy it, 
but maybe because I went in with such really low shitty expectations that the show kind of like it gave me a pleasant surprise the first episode was was pretty bad it, it, it the first episode was a little bit too um uh I, I like slapstick I like slapstick I expected I guess I kind of I kind of wanted it to be like like um like the office um because it's mm-hmm. it's Steve Carell I wanted it to be like the office but just about space force first episode you know, prove me completely wrong. I so it, it kind of you know. So, so just just to give everybody less listening, the the premise of the show. I, I haven't seen it, but um, <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, one of his, his his big accomplishments was we have a, a a military and a navy, and we have an air force. And he's like, wait, but what about outer space? Let's create a space force. And that really was just a branch of the Air Force. Everything that the the court, you know, the Space Force is doing is just what the Air Force is doing. They kind of rebranded it. That's fine. the The idea of Space Force is okay. There's this new uh, division of the military created called Space Force. Let's take a look at its formation and what's going on. And, and then you have this sort of inept Steve Carell character heading it, and hijinks ensue. Is that? Basically, the idea that, that is the idea, and then they interweave plot with the actual character lines and all this stuff. So yeah, that's that's the general gist. But um, there is there is comedy there. They I don't know how well they executed it as a show, as a running show. And again, it just came out. The first season just came out in 2020. Um, I think it's only eight or ten episodes uh, long. I. Again, I don't think it got great reviews, so I don't even know if they'll return for a second season. It, it got pretty bad reviews, yeah. bad to the point where at first I was like, oh, this could be funny. I'll watch it. And then I read the reviews. I'm like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, so I again, I went I went in with those very low expectations. Um, I was happily surprised. I actually wouldn't mind if they did come out with a season two. Like, I would, I would watch season two if it came out, um, if that says anything. But then again, I like – there's a certain type of humor that I like, and it was – it was like it hit a it hit a certain sweet spot where it was good enough. It wasn't dog shit. Um, the 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 first uh, the first episode there was kind of like a like a running joke. Like ju- again, just like Aaron said, like you know Trump. Oh, they don't even ever refer to the, uh, President Trump at all through the entire series. They always refer to the president as POTUS, just you know to kind of make it more of a timeless um, show and to kind of not create. Um, Although I I don't think anything in the show could be as funny as the actual real life logo that they came up for Space Force. I still crack up every time I see it Um, because they come they come out with this logo. First of all, it looks like someone made it in Microsoft Paint, which it's like, is this really the best you could do? (laughs) Like, but then the second part is. It looks exactly like the Star Trek logo. Yeah, yeah. I and people were like, did you just copy it? And they're like, no, 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 because we took the NASA logo and we took the Air Force logo and we kind of crossed them. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe that's true, but it looks like the fucking Star Trek logo. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. How, how could you not be aware of that? Regardless of where you got your source material from, what you came up with is the Star Trek logo you guys creating a space force and then using the Star Trek logo to me will forever be hilarious. So that was a it was a good joke. I mean, I don't know if that was how they intended it, but I I, I will always laugh every time I see the logo. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally 
screw this up, but here here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. But there's a there's a scene in the first episode where, you know, all the major military branches uh, are like in this round table environment. So you got your you know you got your army guy, you got your navy guy, mm-hmm. marine guy, whatever, and they're all sitting in this round table, and um. And then they introduce Steve Carell. It's like, okay, he's gonna head up the division of the Space Force. And then the uh, <laughs> the Coast Guard guy goes, "Oh, great! At least now I'm not gonna have to be the last guy in the totem pole." You know, I guess kind of a shot at the uh, Space Force. And they're like, and then they go to the the Coast Guard guy. He's like, "Who are you kidding? You're you're still gonna be the last guy in the totem pole, even behind the Salvation Army or something like that." I forget exactly what the joke was, but uh, that was kind of humorous. Um, First episode not so great. Um, rest of this season for sure. There's got there's a lot of levity, a lot of good good cracks, jokes here and there. What I did like about it, what what actually saved the show to me, is that they did actually bring some pretty good star power into the show. Um, you got Steve Carell, you got John Malkovich, who is just fucking funny as balls in the show. Yeah, Mondo, I got I gotta go. I was okay. I gotta go. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Sorry we had to run it short. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.